0: The role of the Holy Spirit is a role of conviction, as we'll see next here on today's broadcast of Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. And again, greetings. Welcome to our program. This is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard the ministry coming to you from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Our time together today will return us to the book of John, chapter 15. It's here that we get a glimpse of the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of conviction. Jesus tells us all about it as John relates it to us from his gospel. Join us with today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Here's Pastor Phil Howard.
1: But when the Helper comes... The name of the Holy Spirit, some make it comforter, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. He will testify, some translations say. And you also will bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning, The beginning of his ministry, not from eternity. You jump down then. I did not say these things to you from the beginning, because I was with you. But now I am going to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? But because I've said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you, and when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and concerning righteousness and concerning judgment. Now, he names three things the Spirit will deal with them about, but he wants to clarify. When I say sin... I'm not talking about gambling. I'm not talking about the plethora of human sins. He goes to clarify. what? Because of sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no longer. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I want us to look and examine closely the convicting work of the Spirit and ask ourselves, what is it? How is it done? But before we do that, I pick up verse 26 and 27 to say that as Christ is headed back to heaven, and he will be sent back to heaven as a fraud, as an imposter, as a false messiah, uh, as uh, his works and his miracles were done by demonic power, because the religious establishment so marked him. And they got him out of town, and he'll go back to heaven. At that time, only 11 men thought he was who he said he was. But the world voted against him. You're not God. You're an imposter. Get out of here. Matter of fact, we don't even feel bad about killing you. A liar and a criminal in the religious sphere ought to be killed. Jesus announces to the men, this is going to happen to me within 24 hours, but I have one who knows who I am, and he's the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to send him, and he will bear testimony, or he will be my witness in my absence for 2,000 years at least so far, of who I really am. And joining forces with the Spirit will be my disciples. You men will join in this witness program and the Spirit will energize God's people for these 2,000 years to bear witness as to who Christ really is. And that's our job. That's her job. And as you read the book of Acts, you shall receive power to what? Jump a pew, talk in tongues, prophesy, do a miracle. You shall receive power to bear witness to who I am. You start in Jerusalem. You go to the uttermost parts and read the book of Acts. It's, It's all the way bearing witness. This man, simple message. Peter preaches on the day of Pentecost. You, by wicked hands, have killed this man whom God refuses to let rot in a a tomb. He said, you won't let him rot. He quotes Psalms 110. The skinworms did not even begin decomposition on the body of Christ. There was no smell to the tomb when they opened it up. As God promised Messiah, you will not rot. Your blood will not begin to decompose. You will go to a tomb and you will walk out of it three days later. This one you by wicked hands have crucified. And this one is the one you will be judged by. So you are my witnesses. And that has never ended for 2,000 years. The Spirit energizes the church to bear witness about Christ. And is it not amazing when you get in church life, you can be consumed with everything else But what we're supposed to be doing. Is your Christian life centered around, I give testimony, I bear witness to who the Lord Jesus Christ is. My first priority in life and in church life is not to gripe about the music. Gripe about it's hot, it's cold, preaching too long, too short. When has Christ and who he is become the first love of your life? And don't ask me if I'm witnessing. Are you? Who do you tell? I cannot tell you how much religious talk you could get even out of this group right now. We'll talk about when the coming of Christ will happen. Now, maybe you want to discuss baptism. Maybe you want to discuss the, wait, wait, wait. After all of the, the church talk and all the stuff, what thank you of Christ have you become his witness? Have you become one who bears testimony as to the true identity of the Lord Jesus Christ? He said, that's what the Holy Spirit's going to do, and he does it for a church that is controlled by him. The Holy Spirit never promotes himself. Now, some folks uh, want to talk about the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. They, all, they already tell me they're not controlled by the Spirit because they don't have the message down. When the Spirit comes, he will glorify me. His message will be me, not him. He's the invisible behind-the-scenes worker in the Trinity whose job is to promote God the Son and all that he purchased for us in salvation. Now, let's look at this word. He will convict the world. What does it mean to convict the world? Uh, Have you ever heard of the term, he's an ex-convict? Well, what does that mean? Uh, Found guilty, served his time. Is he talking about here, found guilty, serve your time? That is one of its meanings. But it can also, the same word, be translated to be convinced of something. Uh, After reading your report, I'm convinced of whatever your position might be. It's translated many different ways. Reprove, rebuke, convince. Convict. Let me uh, give you a handle, perhaps, on what the word, really, the idea, I think, that's here. Uh, it comes from a Greek lexicon that says it means to show someone his sin and to summon them to repentance, to expose, to expose us for our sin and to summon us to repent of that sin, to to flee wherever we're found guilty. But the idea is to expose, to point out where we're wrong, and to show us in these areas. Uh, If you use the Oxford English Dictionary, they translate this to unmask, uh, to show an error, to demonstrate where you're wrong. So, The idea the Spirit will come to point out to the world of lost mankind where we've been wrong in three areas. Three areas that we're held liable before God. We're liable in the area of sin. We're liable in the area of righteousness. And we're liable in the area of judgment. Three things the Spirit convicts the world of. The sin, one sin, singular. He will convict of the righteousness and he will convict of the judgment. Now, what does he mean by that? Uh, Jesus went on to clarify what he meant. And when you talk about he convicts of sin, notice what he said. Concerning sin, verse 9, because they do not believe in me. The only sin for which you'll never be forgiven is the refusal to believe in Christ. Jesus saved a murderer that was on the cross who did no more than say, Would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? Sometimes I have people say, do you believe there's an unpardonable sin? Yes, I do. Refusal to believe in Jesus Christ. It's the only one I know of. What about suicide? I think it can be covered. Don't do it, but I think it can be covered. I think the cross work covers it. I don't think it's the unpardonable sin. What about adultery? Uh, what about uh, blasphemy? Uh, what about, you know... Like killing, murder, whatever your child abuse. And we can go after all the sins and all the garbage of the human race. And that's not what the Spirit convicts of. He doesn't convict of adultery. He doesn't convict of necessarily, you got a dirty mouth. He said in Romans 3, their mouth is filled with the venom of asp. If you don't believe it, go hang out at a men's gym. And see what comes out of their mouth. It's like the mouth of a snake. They're full of venom, bad, mouth, bad words, vulgarity. They never get their mind above the waist. They're dirty. And they're usually some of them are 70 years old. You don't get cleaner as you get older. You're just as depraved at 70 as you were at 17. But he doesn't convict of that. He convicts of this one thing. The human race is held accountable that God sent his beloved son, heaven's best, God's dearest possession. And the world makes a choice that they would rather have their sin, have their choice. He said in John 3, they will not come into the light, because their deeds are darkness, and their deeds are evil, so they choose the darkness. And so it's this way. The human race is held responsible by the Spirit. What will you do with Jesus? And everybody is making it by, well, is he as good as the playmate of the month? You know, I'm into sex, all right? Are you willing to go to hell for it? Yeah, I think I will. Uh, I'm into cocaine. I'm into money. I'm into power. I'm into being cool. I mean, nobody's going to tell me how to live. I'm my own man. I'm my own God. Nobody tells me what to do. I'm not looking for someone to run my life. I like the way I'm making a big salary. I'm living in a nice neighborhood. Got a pretty trophy wife. And I got some bratty kids. But I'm doing good. He said, you mean that's enough for you? That's enough. That is What? But you mean, with the danger of being lost? Forget this being lost. The religious crowd made that up. The Spirit convicts. And he says, for you to say no to God's beloved Son. For you to say no To him who offers you eternal life. To say no to him who would die in your place. To say no to him who came meek and lonely, lowly and kind. To say no, to say, I love my sin more than I would ever love him. God says, you will sentence yourself to hell for such a choice. And I'm telling you, you see, men and women are not going to hell because they're ignorant. They're going to hell because they're choosing. I don't want what you got. Is this the best you've got to offer, God? And you want me to leave this chick? You want me to leave being my own God? You, you, you know what? I, I don't have any needs. And let me say something. We can often talk about, you nearly have to be from the ghetto to need God. Oh, forget that talk. You can be just as lost and be on the 50th story of B of A in San Francisco and be the vice president. You're still just as lost as somebody in the projects. You're just in, you're more lost because you're in love and say, I have no felt needs. Why don't you give it to someone? Give it. I'm so glad you're giving toys to these project kids because I don't have any needs. I'd come to God if I needed him, but I don't need him. You say, I've got what you need, baby. I've got it. And when you stand before God, he's going to let you bring everything you chose over him. And he's going to say, let me, watch what I put a match to it. He said, this doesn't transfer to eternity. Only you. And you take none of it with you. If you don't believe this, study Egyptianology. Study the tombs of the Pharaoh. Study. I've been there. I've been to some of those pyramids. Most of them have been robbed. But the Pharaohs always loaded up. They would take their wife. They even would put monkeys in there, their pets. Because you need them. And of course they were always buried in a some kind of a boat because they're making a transfer journey. To the next world. And you need all this stuff. And all that happened is. They died without Christ. And all of the riches in there. Was stolen by grave thieves. And they stand before God. You don't know God. You're full of the religion of Egypt. He will convict you of one sin. And this is the sin. What is it. That has kept you from seeing. How wonderful. How majestic. How beautiful, how overwhelming Jesus is. Why didn't you see any attraction to it? What kept you from receiving Christ? And if the only answer is I love my sin more than I could ever love him, God will say, hell will be absent of Christ, peace Joy, thirst, hell is thirst. Hell is everything that Christ isn't. I want you to know the world needs this sentence. Your sin is you do not think Christ is worth coming to. For that, I will convict you. I will convict you also of righteousness because I go back to the Father. And what is that? Two ways. I'll convict you of your righteousness, which is filthy rags in my sight. Isaiah 64, he says, our righteous deeds are like filthy rags. And what that word means is uh, so graphic, we may not need to share it in a mixed audience. It it is detestable what, what he likens their righteousness to. It'd be almost if you were comparing it to uh, the infestation of worms and the gangrene meat. It, it's it's obnoxious. Your best to me is obnoxious, and and you're trusting that, aren't you? I, I'm a nice person. Uh, go evangelize somebody that really needs God, because you know I, I'm a nice guy. I, I'm not homeless. I'm not a drunk. Uh, uh, I'm maybe faithful to my wife. What good stuff. Good stuff, but I, I don't need it because I, I, I'm trusting my own good life. I live a good life. I'm going to heaven based on me. Oh, you, you mean the righteousness of Christ you don't need? No, I don't. Offer it to someone that does. Get some thug, get some thief, get some down. But not me. You're, you're talking to Mr. Upright. A matter of fact, I even made a donation to the American Way. I just put three bucks in the Salvation Army can. I'm doing. I'm a good man. I, I contribute. He will convict you of your need of a righteousness that is not your own. It is the righteousness that comes from Christ alone. He said to Israel, Israel, you have rejected Messiah because you have said in Romans 10, 3, That you've chosen the righteousness that comes from doing the law. And you've said this to God. You can keep Christ. I'll keep the law. I'll keep Torah. I'll run my life according to Moses. And by George, I'm religious enough. I'm devout enough. I will trust my eternal salvation to the Torah. And all of Judaism is going to hell, trusting the law of Moses Until they turn to their rejected Messiah. Listen to what the self-righteous Jewish rabbi said. Turn Philippians. Philippians 3. Some of you, I never see crack a Bible. That's amazing. Besides making me ticked, I just wonder why you don't bring a Bible. Do you have at least hardware? I mean, pull out an iPad. See if I'm telling you the truth. Look at it here in verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss. Why? Why do you count all your benefits? Because, listen, of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. You see, when you get over the sin of unbelief, you come to see the surpassing worth of one Jesus. One Jesus is worth more than a million worlds. One Jesus. I wish you loved him. I wish you would talk like you loved him. I wish you would actually become contagious, that you want to sing about Jesus. You want to talk about Jesus. You want to share Jesus. When did you get over falling in love with Christ? Have you fallen from your first love? I don't hear some of you ever talk about him. Is he old hat? Has he become the ugly wife? Are you stuck with him? Are you stuck with him? Or do you adore him? I'm going to tell you, I married my wife in her youth. And 50 years later of courtship and marriage, only us guys that's done it. She's gotten 10 times prettier because I know her through and through after 50 years. The body could waste away, but those of an incorruptible spirit get prettier every year. You can't buy a pure spirit. You can't buy a right spirit. And let me tell you, this Jesus, the ages never get him ugly. He's as lovely as he ever was. It's us. We have fallen in love with this world that puts no value on him. When you love him, you will be transformed from glory to glory. He goes on to say, hear this. I, was, I came to see his word. For his sake, I've suffered the loss of all things. And I count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Now watch. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own, that comes from the law, Moses, Torah, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Hallelujah. The book of Romans I am just, I have God's righteousness by faith alone, not by performance. As some of the brothers were praying before the service today, we were just talking to one another and we said, all of our righteousness is at the right hand of God. There's not a man in the room that's got enough righteousness to get to heaven unless Christ came and died. He is my righteousness.